You're listening to a 1FM podcast. It's that time of the week again. I've got Steve on the line. How is it going, Steve? Yeah, good, mate. Yes, uh, going along all right. Uh, got a few things going on, but uh, I think we'll move on and just uh, continue on with the show. That's, um, that's what we're here for. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, it's a really hot day here in uh, Melbourne and Shepparton. We're doing it on Friday. It's about 40 here, so I assume it's the same down there. Yeah, very much so. Yes, I'm actually, I'm actually in the bedroom and I've got the aircon running at uh, a very, very, uh, very, very uh, full rate. To be honest with you, it's about the same down here. It's about 38, 39. So yeah. the change is on the way. So uh, it'll be all right. Yeah, well, we don't get the change as quick as you do. I think it's still going to be quite hot for the rest of the week, but not as hot as today. But anyway, uh, who are we talking about? Well. Can I say this? This particular story uh, is just an, ama- an amazing story of survival, and well, I'll put perseverance on for, for want of a better word. The person's name is Marianne Faithful, of which most people would have heard of, but uh, she has defied uh, health issues all along in her life, and she's still with us. So it's quite an astonishing story. But let's go. Um, was born on the 29th of December 1946 in Hampstead, London, into a fairly wealthy sort of uh, background. Her father was a, a British intelligence officer, Major Robert Glynn Faithful, and he was a professor of Italian literature. And her mother, Eva, was evidently the daughter of an Austro-Hungarian nobleman and had, had uh, roots back to the Habsburg dynasty, which ruled parts of Europe for several centuries. Some of that uh, may or may not be true of that last part, but that's uh, I've read that in a couple of places, so I'll take it as being correct. Now, her parents divorced when she was six, and she ended up moving to her mother's uh, with her mother to Reading, and she went to primary school in a place called Brixton, and she suffered there from periodic bouts of tuberculosis, which is the start of uh, a lot of uh, things that went wrong with her. Now, she attended a convent school where she was a weekly boarder and became a member of a school theatre group and began her singing career in 1964, so this is 1718, as a folk singer in coffee houses where a lot of these people do seem to start. And she attended a Rolling Stones launch party and she <laughs> met... The aunt, yeah, That's when uh, it started, was it? Uh, that's basically where it started, my boy. Yep, certainly yeah. did. And she met... Uh, Andrew Luke uh, Oldham, of course, who was the Stones manager from 1963 to 1967, and uh, who, for want of a better term, actually discovered her. Now, I've done her little discography to start off with here because there's a fair bit to the rest of the story. Now, uh, the three songs in 1964 oh, and 65, As Tears Go By, which, of course, was written by uh, Jagger and Richards, um, and that was nine in... Uh, uh, the UK, 35 US did, and 22 Australia. Did her version, did she release her the song before the Stones did? Because I know the Stones have a version. Oh, now, good question. Um, I'm, oh, no, I've got it here. The Stones version followed a year later. Okay, okay. And uh, in 1965, she had Come and Stay With Me, which was 4, 6 and 26, and Summer Nights, which was 10, 18 and 24. So those were the three songs that we basically relate to with Marianne at, uh, in the 60s anyway. Now, she ended up marrying a fellow by the name of John Dunbar, who was an artist in 1965, and Peter Asher of uh, Peter and Gordon was actually best man. 
and she had a son, Nicholas, later that year. Now, in 1966, she befriended Brian Jones of the Rolling Stones and Anita Pallenberg, who I think was uh, his girlfriend at that stage. And she took to... Might have been. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, was it Keith Richards' girlfriend as well at that stage? I don't know. Uh, it's all confusing. Yeah, I've only got Brian Jones. They might have mixed and matched. (laughs) There's a for that. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, she she uh, took to smoking marijuana and commenced an affair with uh, Mick, and she left and left her husband Dunbar. At one stage, she was found wearing only a fur rug in a drug raid at Chief Richards' house in Sussex, and that was an incident she said later had ravaged her personal life as a front page headlines over in the in the in, uh, in the British press, of course. Now, in 1968, she's she already addicted to cocaine. And she ended up miscarrying Jagger's daughter, who she had named Karina. Now, Faithful's involvement in Mick's life could be uh, reflected in some of the Stone songs, actually. And it, uh, you can't always get what you want, which was from an album, uh, Let It Bleed, which you'd be familiar with, John. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, but that was supposedly about her. And Wild Horses and I Got the Blues from a 71 album, Sticky Fingers, were allegedly influenced by her also. And, of course, she wrote uh, that song called Sister Morphine, (laughs) which was a very very interesting song. Now, in 1969, of course, uh, Mick Mick came out here to uh, star as Ned Kelly. And um, at that stage, uh, Marianne Faithful came with Mick and she took an overdose of barbiturates and was actually in hospital for three weeks. So that made uh, headline news in Australia for quite a few weeks, I can recall. Eventually, she caught up with uh, Mick on the set. It was about after three or four weeks being in hospital. Now, in 1970, she actually ended a relationship with uh, Mick and commenced another one, and she lost custody of her son, and that caused her to attempt suicide. And naturally, of course, her career ended up going into decline because of that. And she made very few public appearances, which was except for... A duet, which I'm not familiar with, that she sang with David Bowie, I Got You, Babe, in 1973 on uh, NBC in America. Uh, but the story continues here. She then lived on Soho Streets for two years, uh, suffering from heroin addiction and anorexia. And although she um, you know, she enrolled in the heroin-assisted, heroin-assisted treatment program, she actually didn't couldn't control it or stabilise her addiction. Now, this persistent drug use, uh, drug use coupled with her severe laryngitis, which she'd uh, picked up, permanently altered her voice, leaving it cracked and lower in pitch. But despite this, now she released an album around this song called Dreamin' My Dreams. And that was, uh, released in, it was released in 1975, actually reached number one on the Irish albums chart. Now, in 1979, uh, she continued to this form of living again. She lived previously living in a squat with no electricity or hot water and living in flats in Chelsea and Regent's Park, she was actually arrested for marijuana possession. Um, and that was in Norway uh, at that stage. Uh, but released an album which was called Broken English, which attained platinum status in Australia and, and Canada. I'm not familiar with that album, to be quite honest. That's not uh, bad. Not, I've heard a bit of it. It's not bad. Not bad. Okay. And she began living in New York after the follow-up to Broken English and uh, released another album called Dangerous Acquaintances in 1981. 
Now, she was still battling with addiction. She ended up breaking her jaw, falling downstairs under the influence. And in another incident, her heart stopped and her vocal cords seized up. Now, this was on a... Which was caused by drug use. And this was on a Saturday night live performance. So there's no escaping uh, that uh, scenario. Now, she then commenced an affair with a fellow addict. And well, she was previously actually married at this time to a fellow by the name of Ben Briley, uh, which didn't last long. And she had an affair with a fellow addict who decided to, to commit suicide, jumping from a 14th floor window. So she was certainly associating herself with a, a few, a few of uh, low lives. It is to be said. Yeah. Now she then cut another recording as Tears Go By, which appeared on an album called Strange Weather. In 1987, she actually said at the time she wished she could have recorded it at, at age 40 than at age 17 because it meant uh, the song meant a lot more to her at that, at that later stage. Got married in 88 and got divorced in 91. So things are moving along for Mary Ann here. She had another live album called Blazing Away, which was moderately successful. And, um, and that was in Australia, it was moderately successful and was critically acclaimed also. Now, several further albums followed, and that's some of, and one of them was a, with a, a 1999 CD, which was called Dreaming My Dreams, and that contained um, historical footage, which went back to 1964 with the times with um, uh, several friends and stories on a relationship with Dunbar and Jagger, and actually concluded with footage from a 30-minute live concert, which was originally broadcast on PBS in the USA. Later that year, she was ranked 25th in the top 100 greatest women in rock and roll poll. She then continued to uh, release more albums in the 2000s. One in 2002, Kissin' Time. Uh, you'll like this, uh, Josh. Includes an autobi- autobiographical song that she co-wrote with Jarvis Cocker. Ah, from and, Pulp. And it was called Sliding Through Life on Charm. Ah. I'm not sure whether you're familiar with that one. No, no, no. Well, I thought you knew a fair bit about Jarvis Cocker, so you might have... Well, I, I know, yeah, I know Pulp, I don't know, yeah. But well, uh, I'm quite I'm a few artists, I'm looking that up now, she wrote, uh, contained songs with uh, Blur, Beck, Billy Corgan and Dave Stewart as well, so quite a few uh, yeah. talented artists. That's right. We might want to try that Jarvis Cocker one and see what you think. Now, in 2007, she did a touring show throughout Europe, and, and at this time she was looking to retirement, indicating that she didn't want to be 70 and broke and that she needed to put money away, which, of course, she'd never thought of previously. I might mention at the time that she was actually living in an expensive flat in Paris and had a house in County Waterford Island, so she wasn't doing too badly. Now, during 2010, she released her 18th studio album, which was called Horses at High Heels, and started the 12-month 50th anniversary tour at the end of 2014. And interestingly enough, and I heard a bit of this, that in 2021, she released a spoken word album, She Walks in Beauty, and she's actually reciting poems from 19th century British poets. Huh. I listened to some of it. It's quite interesting. It's not bad, actually. It's quite an interesting um, concept. Now, uh, some of her awards, she won a uh, nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Female Rock Vocal Performance, which was Broken English in 1981. I don't think she won it. She was just nominated. And she was nominated in the European Film Awards nomination for Best Actress in a film called Irina Palm. That was in 2007. 
now Q, uh, Q Awards, I'm not 100% sure what the Q Awards are. And she became a Q icon. She actually won that award in 2007. A Woman's World Award in 2009 for Lifetime Achievement Award, and she won that. But a list of uh, the things that have happened to her from a health point of view uh, continue. Uh, other health issues include a 2004 stage collapse in Milan from exhaustion. September 2006, she, Constituent was called off because she'd been diagnosed with breast cancer and had had the tumour got caught at an early stage, so she, it was a successful op. In 2007, she had a hepatitis C announcement that she'd got diagnosed 12 years previously. 2013, back injury, which was sustained on a Californian holiday. 2014, again, broken hip. It was a fall in the Greek island of Rhodes, surgery. Infection developed, and parts of her 50th anniversary tour got cancelled. It just goes on and on and on. And, uh, and in t- 2020, uh, she got naturally got COVID, then pneumonia, three weeks in hospital, and was and was most... Uh, grateful when she left the hospital. I actually saw a film of her somewhere. Yeah, she was one of the first, uh, when it was just sort of starting. She got it really early when uh, it was just sort of starting COVID. That's right. And I remember her coming out of the hospital being eternally grateful for the doctors and nurses that saved her life. Yeah. Now, she she made a heap of film and TV appearances, which I suggest the listeners actually check out. I was actually more... I was actually more interested, I must say, in the health and uh, scenario because I can't believe that she survived that long. And I've said this, uh, it's an amazing story of survival and probably more about her life than her music, this particular uh, segment. Uh, I doubt if I've scratched the surface, but if uh, listeners are interested to check out Wikipedia and the references to find out that uh, a lot of that particular stuff that I mentioned did actually happen. Um, so, Josh, the, the, the three requests would be, the, the four requests would be the songs at the start that I mentioned, As Tears Go By, uh, Come and Stay With Me, Summer Nights. And the other one, which uh, you and I uh, don't mind, is The Ballad of Lucy Jordan. But I think that at the, for the one that kicked off her career, As Tears Go By, will be my first choice. And here so. it is, His Tears Go By by Marion uh, Faithful. And yeah, it's a great song, and my friend Marina, I know, will like that one. That's one of her favourites, so hi to Marina. That's good. Yes, well, well the Rolling Stones version is a year later, not bad either, but I definitely prefer hers. So, um, and now, come and stay with me, Summer Nights, and The Ballad of Lucy Jordan. Yeah, you've got to include The Ballad of Lucy Jordan. Uh, it's a great song. Yeah, it's a very interesting one, I must admit. I only came... I only I haven't heard it for a long, long time, and I've actually forgotten what it was about. But it's the most interesting. It's the most interesting song, I must say. So, Marianne Faithful, uh, Josh, uh, a, a story of great survival, perseverance, bit of luck, I dare say, going along the way. But she's still with us, and uh, well, well done to her. And I think she's deserving of a. I think it's one of the more remarkable stories that I've done uh, in our in our segment. Yeah, I didn't realise how uh, amazing her life is, but uh, glad she's still with us, and hopefully she will be for a while yet. Yeah, so I've been, uh, was, what, 70, 76, yep, so that's a pretty good effort on her part. So, Josh, that's it for uh, this week, so thanks for that. Just hope that uh, you and the listeners stay healthy, and uh, look forward to catching up with you again next week. Yeah, take care, Steve, and uh, we'll talk soon.
Okay, thanks, mate. Uh, thanks. You've been listening to a 1FM podcast.